All right, welcome to the Ohio Win. My name's Chris. I got Brandon with me today. Hi, Brandon. How are you doing today? Doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me, as always. Oh, no problem. It's it's good to be here. Um, lots of stuff going on today, but you know, just to introduce ourselves. So, somebody hasn't listened to our show and is listening for the first time. Uh, we are a kind of an unofficial podcast network. We do these shows Monday through Thursday. Um, we tape in the morning, release it same day. Uh, we also do some pop culture, faith, on Friday through Sunday. But, you know, today we try to have some fun stuff. But I, I tell you, Brandon, lots of more serious news today. So I wanted to kind of uh, go through it with you. Lots of stuff are, is happening. Um, you know, we talked last week about the Vaximillion program. And, Brandon, I don't know about you, but thinking that, oh, boy, it's it's going to be Oh, eight short days away from now, we're actually going to have a lottery, <laughs> not to bet on, but if you win the vac, if you get a vaccine, you could potentially win a million bucks. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know why I'm nervous. I, I mean, we're probably not going to win. The chances are not super high, but man, this it's fascinating to me. I'm was excited to hear more information about it. Uh, Brandon, are you looking forward to the Vaccine Million program? It's going to be interesting. It's out of the box thinking. As, um, um, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think, put my string, my words together here. Um, but the, um, yeah, I think it's like that's what so out of box thinking that some supporters of of the initiative have said, and some people critics have said um, it's a bit of a waste of taxpayer dollars. Um, you know, it's funny to, for me. It's kind of like, well, the alternative is is you know mandatory vaccinations. So, you know, if you know, Dewine's only got two things in his toolbox. He can either offer carrots to get people vaccinated or sticks, <laughs> whack them with sticks to get vaccinated. And everyone complains when, uh, if he decided to use uh, the latter instead of the former, I suppose. But, um, I mean, he could have been nice and just offer us all like a nice, generous, uh, you know, pay everyone like a thousand dollar stimulus or, uh, um, some sort of other other um, incentive to go out and get the first shot. Like, you know, that might be much more effective in my opinion than, a, Hey, you have the chance to win millions, but uh, um, you know, um, but I don't know. It's, it's, it, we'll see. I'm more curious of how effective it's actually going to be. Is this going to be an, uh, the, the chance to win a million dollars will be enough to, to, uh, to get, go out and get a vaccinated. Yeah, they usually release midweek um, where we're at in vaccinations from a state to county level. And I got to tell you, I am fascinated to see what happens, what the uptick is. Because the previous week, Ohio's at 41%. I'm not expecting to be 80%. I mean, these things take a while. But I got to tell you, Brandon, if it's uh, opening night of vaccine million drawing, and we're not 50%. I, I think some critics of DeWine are going to more come out and they, they've been saying, really, was this worth it? You know, um, you know that was one question that DeWine didn't answer in the discussion about this. And what do you say? You know, he's not going to sit out there and say, I'm not going to, I'm hoping we get 100%. You know, he knows that's not going to happen. But it'll be interesting to see if this doesn't, you know, really improve the total level of vaccinations. And I got to tell you, Brandon, too, one thing that surprised me yesterday, uh, there was a press conference, um, some lottery officials, some state officials uh, were saying, hey, here's this more information, because when this thing was first announced, there wasn't that much information available. So I am looking at this now, Brandon, um, OhioVaxAmillion.com. Um, they made the announcement yesterday. Originally, it was, hey, if, you, if you're if you registered to vote, you've got a chance of winning. We'll just figure out a way to verify if you have the vaccine or not. They changed that yesterday where they said, hey, you need to register on this website. So I'm looking at the website now, Brandon. It's kind of interesting. Uh, there's adult registration and registration if you're a teen. But I'm looking at the registration form, 
you put your name, your last name, your email address, your phone number, your date of birth, um, your address, city, and zip. Here's where it gets really interesting. Where did you receive your vaccination? Okay, well, for me, it was a Kroger Mansfield. Uh, what state? Nothing else. Um, it, you click yes, I accept the official rules, and then it says, if by airing this information, you agree to allow the Department of Health to verify your vaccination information. I'm shocked, Brandon. I thought you would be able to put like a vaccination number in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I even, I went to Pike County Fairgrounds um, to get my vaccination. Um, and I'm like looking at this form of filling it out now uh, just for the experience. But um um, when they say location name, I'm not sure Pike County Fair or Fairgrounds. I almost think it should be like, you know, offer a slot for uh, what health health department uh, offered it to you. I suppose I don't know because I guess the Pike County um, health the Pike County Health Department was the one kind of organizing that that uh, right. pop up one in the fairgrounds. Um, or upload your vaccination card. I mean, I'm looking at the vaccination card, and there's no index number on it. Um, I mean, there there's an NOC number. I'm not sure if that's specific to you or if that's just a general number. Um, so I, I'm not sure if it's a specific uh, number, but it's still almost taking in faith. And obviously, if, you, if your name gets drawn, they need to verify the information. But... Uh, Brandon, it's going to be kind of confusing because, okay, let's say the first night they say, all right, and our winner is Brandon Klein uh, from, you know, Columbus, Ohio. And everyone's like, oh, well, this is exciting. So it, the name's going to be publicly out there, but they got to figure out if you're vaccinated or not. I mean, wouldn't it be more appealing if they announce someone that they know actually has won it? Well, I think what they, they might do is uh, they have their winners – and they do one last minute verification. Yeah. I don't even know if you would. I don't know if you, actually that's actually I don't. You don't want to probably notify someone. Um, oh, you won. Did you get vaccinated? <laughs> like, give right. us proof. I don't know. I don't. It's this is kind of the the challenge, I suppose. Um, you know, or uh, hey, you 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 could. We'll give you a million. But maybe at that point, you're like, hey, you you. you you won the lottery, but you need to now go get vaccinated if you haven't. <laughs> I don't know if that's if that would be kind of fair to everyone who did do the do it properly, uh, um, uh, or like, oh, you didn't get vaccinated, too bad. Uh, I guess uh, um, if they've, I don't know. That's verification is going to be tricky. I guess I think. Um, okay. Uh, well, uh, well, let me correct myself, Brandon, because I, I think. Um, I'm looking at the frequently asked questions, and they say, "When will the facts? When will the drawing be conducted? When will the winners be announced?" So they're saying the entry. So you got to get your entry in by May 23rd at 11:59 uh, p.m. The drawing date will be May 24th, and the announcement date will be May 26th. So I'm assuming then, okay, they draw the name on May 24th, and now they got two days to check your information, make sure everything's verifiable. Curious if they uh, if they're gonna verify without contacting the winner. That just suck. They're like, hey, you won. Oh, you didn't get vaccinated. Sorry. <laughs> I I would imagine that you know whoever gets picked, they're verifying the information, then they contact them. That's what I, I hope. That's the way to go about it. But imagine if you're like, so maybe for for. For as a word of advice, just get vaccinated, people. Yeah, first first vaccination dose. That's all that's minimally required, from what I've heard. Um, you know, at least because naturally, if you're already committed to getting the first dose, you probably should go and. Despite there are people who don't get the second dose, and it's like why, but um, um, yeah, go get the second dose as well, and you know, you might win millions or a million dollars. I guess not, not, not millions. <laughs> 
Well, uh, Craig and I were having fun last week when this was first announced because we were saying one of the awkward things would be what if certain people won the, the lottery? I mean, like, what if they draw the name as Fran DeWine or if it's Sean Husted or what if it's the the Wexners, like one of the richest families in Ohio or something? You know, what do you do? Or what if Mike DeWine won? Yeah, you know, I mean, anybody who's vaccinated could win. But I guess having the drawing two days earlier takes care of potential issues that might come up. Like, say, a pro baseball player wins and already has millions of dollars, or whatever the case might be. So it, it would be interesting to see what, what ends up happening there. Yeah, I have a feeling that's why they're going with the, hey, enter to win. Right. You know, just so that they're not picking anyone. Hey, you're automatically entered. Um, although I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it would be kind of... Um, I wonder how low on the totem pole as a state worker you have to you can be before you're like, uh, you're not eligible. Like our, uh, you know, our friend of the podcast, Dan Tierney. Like, what if he, what if he won? Yeah. Uh, like, would it would that be kind of like, um, uh, uh, well, sorry, Dan, you you work you work too close with the with the with the folk with the team. So, uh, but well, we, um, we just assumed that they would have a. I don't know why they would do this. We were just throwing crap out there, but we were guessing that they were going to do the drawing during a Mike DeWine press conference. And, you know, how awkward would that be if DeWine wins and he draws a name or something? Or, you know, or, or what if the one of the reporters, like one of our reporter friends, you know, Jackie Borchert wins or something? <laughs> you know, she asked the first question. How awkward is that, you know? Uh, but yeah, it looks like they're taking care of that problem. I, I also was telling Craig, and I, I think you'll enjoy this too, Brandon. What if they draw and it was Jim Jordan's name? Or what if it was um, uh, our favorite reporter, Jack Windsor? That would be kind of awkward, you know? Yeah, Jack Windsor wins a million dollars and takes back every everything he said about Governor DeWine. And, oh, his first tweet is like, oh, everything's good or something. The, the, or the response was appropriate. Uh, my wedding, the wedding venue is, is taken care of. Business is great. <laughs> he sells the wedding venue. Everything's all good. You know, he's like, yay. Or Josh Mandel. We had a story yesterday. I uh, talked about Josh Mandel was calling out a um, Toledo Blade reporter uh, for her tweets talking about the wines of Aximillion. Man, what about that for Josh Mandel? You can put some money in the coffer, you know, for his campaign. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Who does? How did you file that on your FAC like uh, filing form? Like, yeah, this was this was uh, 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 uh this is you know I guess self funded by me technically, but you know with thanks to the, <laughs> the great people of Ohio, um, yeah, that that will be kind of awkward, I suppose. I'm probably not I'm making a bigger deal than it really is, but uh, in terms of uh, funding an election, an election, if you want some lottery money, um. Well, and I I would assume then that, you know, obviously if they're asking for your phone number, your email address, they will, you know, reach out and contact if you win. Uh, they have a listing of, um, and I don't play the lottery, so I, I don't even remember seeing this recently. But, you know, at 729, that minute right between Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, or Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, I can't remember which one comes on first now. Um, you know, Larry draws names, so that's when the drawings going to be held. So I would imagine the ratings for that would go sky high next Wednesday, but they are going to post the names on the Vaximilian website. So if if you're busy at 729 or if you got other things to do, you can still check afterwards to see who wins. Yeah, that's good. Good to know. Um, it's, you know, Chris, it's funny because I was covering uh, – Reminds me of covering uh, this weird lottery-like event up in Youngstown. Yeah. Um, this local bar did this game called the Queen of Hearts. Um, and it's sort of like the game is like you have all these a board of cards face down, and you bet on the pl on which card is going to have the Queen of Hearts. Um, and you just put a put in money to bid, of course. And the pot just kept growing, Chris. Uh, it, and it, like the jackpot was like just in the millions, I think. Um, it was insane. But um, funny thing is, I, me and uh, uh, my editor at the time actually went halvesies on the on buying some ticket raffle tickets for the yeah. for the drawing, and we thought, oh man, it'd just be awkward if uh, we won the 
you know, you, you know, just when the your name gets pulled or something. And uh, um, oh, I'm covering this. I was covering that event. I was there live, and so <laughs> I just that's the talk when you mentioned like some of the reporters there that might get their names drawn. That just be kind of uh, uh, <laughs> that's just like, well, how do you cover that? I guess. Um, hey, my my own, own journalist. Here's a here's a comment from me. I guess I, I you know. <laughs> Or, or you quit your job, or you you don't you know ask any um, questions or anything else like that. So no comment. <laughs> yeah. Um. You, you know, I'm reading for these um drawings. This is kind of interesting. I'm not seeing, and I don't know if there's a a more a more detailed rules someplace. I was telling my wife last night, man. What if I win week one, and what if she wins week two? How great would that be? And apparently, there's a chance that could happen. I don't see any specific rules saying that wouldn't happen. So, Isaac, yeah, you broke off. You broke off there, Chris. What? Oh, didn't she a chance of what would happen? Well, what happens if I win week one? She wins week two. It sounds like it, there's no rule against it. Oh, that, now that would that would just be that would be uh that would be kind of an uh oh. I wonder if there's usually with these kinds of competitions, there's always like one win, one entry per household, but technically the whole point of it's like the, that's what's so weird about this lottery. It's like the whole point of it is to encourage everyone, every individual, not just like a household, but just an individual to, you know, go and get vaccinated. So it's almost like, you know, Hey, it's great that, you know, um, everyone in your house will hold, should get vaccinated provided you know barring any age age restrictions um or health, other health conditions but um yeah that would be kind of annoying if it's like well <laughs> you know two people from the same household when when um uh, um when when the when the prize well it makes you think too um the other idea i have was you know technically you should not have like you shouldn't really get too excited about referring other people because you know technically the way it was, if it's just totally based on vaccinations, you know the more people get vaccinated, the less of a chance you have. This is interesting now because if you think about Brandon, we're all busy. We all got a lot of stuff going on. It looks like an easy process. I mean, we'll have the link on our website, and um, I'm already seeing uh, media outlets throughout the state have the link out there. But I'm wondering how many people are actually going to sign up from the ones who are vaccinated. Not that they don't want to win a million, but man, Brendan, you got another step right now. And you know, some people just forget. Some people may not see the news. Some people may not pay attention. Uh, some people may be like, "Ah, well, win the million. They can't believe they're using that." I'm wondering how many people are going to sign up for the contest uh, out of everyone who got vaccinated. So. Yeah, your chances may go sky high depending on how many people sign up for the portal. But uh, you could also call, but I'm not sure how many people are going to call to register. I mean, uh, is it possible that you may get 50% of the vaccinated people actually register either online or by phone? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you know what's sad about this is like. Um, it's like this was easier to. I just, you know, just got on the website just now. Apparently, you know, signed up just now. It was really simple. It yeah. was a lot harder to get on a website, a health Columbus health department website, um, to sign up for the actual vaccine back when they, in the early days of signing up and uh, getting, getting, uh, trying to get an appointment with a, um, uh, to get a shot. It was like, um, so maybe, um, you know, hey, they can roll this website out easy peasy, but can't come up with some sort of, uh, the infrastructure to, uh, to, uh, make it getting a vaccine appointment a lot simpler. Um, you know, had to go even out, out of town to get that. So, um, um, hopefully I think now these days it's easy to, it's easier for city folk, like people live, like me living in Columbus to, um, schedule an appointment. But, um, than it was when it was like, you know, it was just on the cusp of, hey, you know, we're expanding the eligibility to everyone 16 and over. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the, this, this uh, lottery state's going to have any 
bandwidth issues. Uh, it's not right now, which is interesting. Um, Brandon, what's your prediction of everyone who got the vaccination about the percentage who's actually going to sign up or call in? Well, I think um, I think there'll be a greater percentage of people doing it online. Um, you know, I there's I, then there will be by phone. Actually, I wasn't even quite still not quite aware about this website till you brought this up today, Chris. But then again, I've been kind of. Uh, you know, I haven't seen this really blasted on Twitter lately or or um, as quite as much. Um, well, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, people just don't always hear about this stuff. And, yeah, I mean, if you follow the news, it's there. But what if you didn't see the story? What if you just forgot? I mean, hey, we're still in the pandemic. I mean, it's busy times, man. I mean, I, I was telling you beforehand. I mean, I had a couple to-do things on my to do list and I you know the night got away from me. It was eleven thirty last night. And I'll tell you well tell me. I'll give you a prediction. Tell me if you agree or not. I'm thinking you might be lucky to get seventy percent of the people who get vaccinated actually register for the contest since you either have to call or register online. You're right. It's an easy process to sign up, but you know how we are as people. You know, we put stuff off, we forget, or we just run out of time. Or or we just don't hear about it, you know? Um, you think 70% is optimistic? Um, I would hope so. I think it's optimistic. I mean, you know, it's, it will, will come down to, you know, how, how people get their news, I think at this point. I mean, for me, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty connected to any, to the internet sources for information, but my folks over my, um, you know, my mom and my grandmother, you know, they they have some access to the Internet, but they're more likely to hear about this. So um, hear this about um, from the news, you know, they still probably get their news from local TV news, probably to some degree. I think they prefer more of the national news stories, but um, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I'm looking at this. You know, one thing I've learned about my job is, you know, any day I'm working, I mean, we're hearing about everything. You know, we're getting text messages, we're getting, um, but, you know, not everybody works for in journalism and, and keeps their eye on the news. It's going to be interesting. I, I like to see what ends up happening. All right, I I think we've kind of covered this pretty well. Any other thoughts on Vaximillion before we move ahead? Well, I would just say, regardless of your thoughts on how, whether this is a good use of, Tax dollars, just know that, um, um, just know that, you know, it would have been simpler to, you know, just to, and cheaper probably to just like keep continuing to have social distancing parameters in place. And, um, but, you know, um, the people have spoken, I think, through their representatives, and that's just what we'll have to live with. I would, um, I think the jury's out on if it's a great use of taxpayer dollars. We'll have to wait and see on that. I will say for a pop culture um, podcast, this is gold. I mean, nothing could be better than holding a lottery to try to get more people to sign up. Um, I, you know, just from, I, I mean, Brandon, if we didn't do this, we wouldn't be talking about this for 25 minutes today. So, you know, hey, as a someone who likes to um, produce podcasts and figure out what to talk about, Bravo, Ohio, for giving us something to talk about. I think it's kind of gold like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is fun. This is sort of a weird. It's so weird and kind of unexpected for an Ohio for Ohio to kind of pull this kind of uh, thing off. But um, I think it just to me it speaks. It speaks a lot about the urgency that Dewine's willing to go go to lengths to get people vaccinated. Um, so that's it's just kind of fascinating what how far we'll go. I, I've seen enough um, DeWine press conferences to end all press conferences. And it, this was more of a speech. I was watching, and when he made that announcement, my mouth dropped open. And, you know, I've seen enough DeWine where I usually know what he's going to say or usually can figure out his tone and everything. That came out of left field. When he announced that, I was like, what the heck? It was just so crazy. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, as journalists, we really can't give our opinions on, on if things are great ideas or not. But, like I said, it, it's. 
pop culture gold, lots of stuff and fun stuff to talk about. Um, and one gives a good advice before we move on. Um, you, you know, we talk a lot about Chase Bank, but you know, I'm we like deals. And let me pull the the curtain back um, for everyone here, Brandon. Um, you know, when we have advertisers, we never get paid per ad or paid per people who sign up. So when you listen to the show and they say, hey, you should do this, well, it helps the podcasters out. And if you want to help us out, sign up for whatever we're asking you to sign up for. But not everybody offers you cash back or a financial inducement for signing up for something. Chase Bank does offer you some stuff. Um, you know, I, I like Chase. It's worked for me. Um, and, you know, Chase wants you to sign for an account. So uh, just go to your podcast provider, wherever you listen to the show on. Go to our website. Uh, click on the link for Chase uh, Bank. Sign for an account. Uh, attach a direct deposit. You know, hey, if you're working full time, most everyone has some type of direct deposit. They're going to put 225 bucks into your account. And Honestly, Brendan, right now we're all struggling. Uh, it's, it's a kind of tough financial time. Uh, Brendan, I have not received my stimulus check yet from <laughs> the government, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on there. So every dollar counts. And, man, to have a way of getting $225, it's worth it just for that too. Um, so, yeah, we can't offer you a million dollars, Brendan. We're not that uh, – our budget's not that high. But you know, for Chase Bank, you can get two hundred twenty-five bucks in your account for opening a, a Chase account there. So try Chase Bank; it's worked for me. Uh, we hope it works for you as well. Okay, Brand Watts is happening today. Um, it, it's interesting. Um, a lot of changes with the CDC. Um, you know, they announced the um, uh, vaccine million program last Wednesday. Uh, CDC kind of came on the blue with announcement saying, hey, if you are fully vaccinated, you know, there's a lot of places where you don't have to wear your mask anymore. You know, it's going to be safe. Everything's going to be okay. And Anthony Fauci did admit that they probably kind of unveiled that a little bit too quickly. Um, it, it just kind of came out of the blue. They should have prepared the country a little bit more for that. But, you know, it's interesting because a lot of states are kind of reacting to that announcement. Well, um, yesterday, Ohio made it official. They said, hey, we're not enforcing the mask mandate at retail businesses. Now, uh, Brandon, my understanding here is each business can still make their own decision, uh, but they're not going to be required. Um, you know, in the past, investigators were uh, inspecting retail businesses, and you could get in trouble as a business if you did not mandate masks. Now they're saying, hey, you don't have to do that. So, you know, if you're a business, you can still say you need to wear a mask, but it's not mandated by the state. Um, you know, I, I trust the CDC. I'm liking that there's some good things happening. Um, Brandon, with the, you know, our fight against COVID, I guess my only hope is I'm hoping we're not moving a little too quickly here. Um, I, t I tend to be a little bit more conservative as, um, you know, and I'm, uh, do you get the feeling that we're moving too quick? I kind of do. I mean, what's sad about the last administration is just kind of finally, you know, kind of bringing to light that there is a possibility that politics can get in the way of good policy making. Um, that it has really it can influence what the CDC or any other organization in the executive branch does. Um, and so you don't know even still if that's still the case with this kind of announcement. Um, you know, um, it's so funny that the debate is not holding it's not necessarily holding necessarily biden to the standard of you know is he you know really doing everything to, he can to keep americans and ohioans alike safe um but more of a how soon can we get back to normal kind of standard um and so therefore it's like my questions are like you know um is this is, is this is this decision this announcement one based on good solid evidence and science um even to degree like this is this is good from a psychological st uh, public health perspective um um i guess the jury will find out but um 
And um, but in the meantime, you know, this is a decision the CDC has announced about mask wearing, and um, we'll see what kind of um, repercussions or consequences it could. This could just be like, hey, is you're vaccinated, you're good to go. If and you know, cases will go down um, over time, over the months. Then this was this was a good decision to make. If if not, um, well, we'll find out. You know, like, well, this this was this decision was definitely made on based on politics and and it, and whatever reason they thought this was the best way to go forward. Um, um, you know, uh, that it was it was it was uh, the the interests were not placed appropriately. Then, help me make sure I'm understanding this correctly because I want to make sure that I'm aware. And then, you know, as I'm sitting here and at work and share it with you know my audience. So I'm fully vaccinated. Um, I'm a Moderna guy. Well, no, I'm not a Moderna guy. That was just a vaccine they gave me. So it's the percentage is like 93, 94%. So I'm that covered against COVID. From what I hear is if you get still get COVID, being vaccinated, your chances go way down for you to end up in the hospital or, or be on a ventilator. And, you know, your chances go way down. I mean, I don't think there's a guarantee that you won't be in the hospital or a guarantee you won't die. But the chances are, are very minimal compared to where they were if you weren't vaccinated. Is that the understanding you're getting? Sorry, you broke up a, a last bit there, Chris. I apologize. Can you repeat that? Okay. You're not going to be – very small chance you're going to end up in the hospital you're going to die if you're fully vaccinated. Yeah. Um the likelihood is you're going to, if you got caught, did caught COVID, you're going to experience milder symptoms, probably not necessarily need hospitalization. I think it'll probably, your likelihood of needing hospitalization from COVID if you were vaccinated is probably minimal. Um, okay. yeah. so, so if you're out of the bank, if you're at a crew game, if you're at a fair, if you're at a church service, wherever you end up going. So the thought would be is, okay, if you run into joe the unvaccinated guy you could still catch it from him but i guess I, i'm trying to make sure i'm understanding what the danger is if you go to the vet and someone's not vaccinated uh, how do you see that because I, I guess even if you get covid it's still gonna be a pain in the butt yeah you may not end up dying from it but you, you may have to take a week or two off work or whatever the case might be um and I guess the thought would be is you could pose a risk. Because from my understanding, you could still be a carrier of COVID, even if you don't have it. So if uh, Joe, the unvaccinated guy, is at this event you're at, you're, you could still be more likely to infect him, right? Yeah, I mean, there's still risk. Um, I think the biggest thing is, I guess there's a lot of questions still about guess you know still what we don't know about right you know if you're vaccinated and how do you you know i mean how how likely you would contribute to being a spreader I, that's the thing like i don't know what how what's what's this going to look like b between those vaccinated not vaccinated in terms of how does this how is this going to result in um and the spread of the virus or not um that's still a question I have, and I still need to do a little more digging on that and seeing what the what the what the response is. Um, what well, well, you said, get vaccinated, we don't have to worry about this stuff. I mean, that's a simple answer. That is. I, I I guess why I'm bringing this up is uh, yesterday Craig and I spent some time talking about my concern with this whole thing is, yay, we're lifting some restrictions. Yeah, we're trying to get back to normal. I understand that, but I guess what I'm saying is. Unless you have a vaccine passport or or some type of a uh, indication that you have the vaccine, what's going to stop somebody from lying? You know, if you're at a crew game this summer and they say, hey, you know, you need to wear a mask if you're not vaccinated. Well, if I'm not vaccinated and I don't want to wear a mask, what would stop me from saying, oh, yeah, I'm vaccinated. Everything's good. You know what I mean? I mean, it's an honor system. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. I think um, some people have speculated this might create a sense of a sense of um, I don't know, not you know, the opposite of a false sense of security, more like a, a sense of 
oh, I don't know if everyone's here is vaccinated. Maybe I should go get vaccinated. Is it is this really a psychology game we're now playing? Like by having everyone wear masks, we think that we might some people think, oh, I don't need to get vaccinated. I I don't even know if that's even makes sense when I say that out loud because so many people were were opposed to masks to begin with. Um to avoid to because they just felt like for political reasons but um um so i don't even know if they even feel if they would feel less safe if people started not wearing masks they'd probably just be happy that normalcy has returned and then you know if they do get covid i mean i guess they either have to accept that they should have gotten vaccinated or should have gotten worn a mask or you know should or they'll just blame it they'll say their symptoms are the result of lung cancer i have no idea about the psychology psychology of people who um you know are not taking uh covid19 virus seriously um it's yeah. um it's it really it, it is as we have decided to go more for uh, uh an individualized approach where everyone's you're you're on your own at this point yeah and you know my wife and i i was mentioning this in the show yesterday we actually went to our first in-person church service you know based on stuff that we heard from the cdc um the church that we're trying out is pretty cool with um you know they're very pro-mask uh they're still asking for people to wear a mask i mean they won't let you in if you don't have a mask pretty much um so you know we were masked up uh, my wife and i are vaccinated uh, we're we're good and we liked it. They still spaced people out. There was a there was a decent crowd there, but nobody was very close to each other, which was good. Um, and so I, I guess what I'm thinking is when I think about what I want to do in public this summer, you know, I want to say, hey, what what's their attitude toward masks? Are they requiring masks or they're not? But then I guess what I'm thinking is if I go to an event where somebody's not vaccinated. I'm wondering if that's going to harm more of the people who are not vaccinated than the people like me that are fully vaccinated. That's, that's what I'm trying to get my hand around. Yeah, I I think um, yeah, I think there it's there's a lot to be uh, still a lot to be um, a lot of unknowns, and it's only the only thing that's going to is the only hate to use the cliche time will tell. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, it's just like, if you are someone who's taking this virus seriously, you know, you know, you will get vaccinated and you will have to just, you know, let everyone else kind of fend for themselves. And um, I really don't know if there's anything else I can add to that. Um, is there anything um, um, just kind of like what, um, what were, how, I guess how this thinking kind of came up for you or, or, um, what kind of made you made you think about this? Well, my wife, I, I was very conservative of the way I've uh, treated COVID. And, you know, anybody's listening to the show and, geez, Brandon, you and I have talked, what, for the past year about this on a podcast format. So we know how each other feel about it. And my wife's like, wow, you want to go to church? Are you, are you sure you're okay with it? And, you know, I sat for the service and on the way home, she's like, hey, uh, what'd you think? I'm like, hey, they were cool. I mean, you know, they made you wear a mask. They... They distance. I mean, you know, I talked to Hindlin fine. It wasn't a problem. And I, I, it's had me think about what should we do this summer? You know, what are we able to do? What do we feel comfortable doing? And I guess what sparked this conversation was just the thought of how should we react as fully vaccinated people? I mean, maybe since we're fully vaccinated, we shouldn't have as big of a concern about going to an event with non-vaccinated people. If it's a sports game or a fair or a, you know, inside event, I mean, yeah, we still want to be careful. We still want to mask up as much as we can. But, you know, the harm to us isn't as much as I originally thought when I first got the CDC announcement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it, at this point, it's, it's, um, you know, just abide by the place like a church or a business, you know, be respectful of whatever policy they decide to go forward with because they're just making the decision based on their own conscience and their own um, values. And the fact that if a business still decides to bravely say, wear a mask, wear a mask, you know, um, they just, that means they're just, they're doing that as a precaution to keep you and their customers safe. 
that's that's but i'll be dismayed if there's like i, I mean there were so many hecklers or whatnot uh getting upset when businesses were following uh state mandated mask orders and they just got through a tantrum a hissy fit such entitlement makes me angry uh to see that on display but um you know especially when they're probably the same people who complain about law and order or whatever but um um but you know it's good that your church is just still you know trying to make sure people feel safe and trying to you know encourage mask wearing i mean it was it's a it's a damn sight better than a lot of other churches that probably think they're they're um they're they're invincible or immortal by not wearing them and um you know but if there's a church right now that said hey not to wear a mask i mean they're technically within their rights to do so well and there's a thought process there I, i'm not calling on any church that doesn't have any restrictions i i mean if my dad was still here today i don't know how my dad would feel about covid but there are some pastors that are looking at this not from a oh we republican or democrat in the way we handle or anything but sometimes to say hey if you need god come to god like you are and you know if you're not wearing a mask we're going to be careful around you but we don't want to say hey I mean, a lot of churches are going to say, hey, we want you to meet God. And they're not looking at it as a political statement. They're just looking at it as, hey, you know, we're, you know, if you're here and you want to meet the Lord, we're not going to kick you out just because you're not wearing a mask. I mean, there's different ways of thinking about it. And if people don't make that requirement, it's not just that they're a bunch of right-wing supporters. Sometimes they just say, hey, we want to reach, reach where we're at. Uh, church I went to the, on Sunday, the pastor talked about, uh, he used to be a missionary, and they talked about visiting a a village in Africa that where a lot of people had AIDS, and they didn't run away from it. You know, and I'm sure they were were trying to be safe, and they weren't engaging in risky behaviors there. But they're just saying, "Hey, we want to show God to people, and you know, we're we're not going to be afraid of some of this stuff." You know, but again, it wasn't from a political standpoint. It was just, "Hey, we want to tell people about God." You know, so, so it's hard to say, but I got to say for me to in person go to the church, I felt comfortable going to a place where they required a mask, where they distanced people out, and you felt comfortable. I mean, it was a good experience on Sunday. All right, well, well Brandon, let's get to our two topics quick. Um, before we get there, I just got to give you some more advice. I mean, uh, furniture, it can be tough right now. Everyone... It's probably looking at either replacing it for uh, a couch or a chair, or or you might want something new, or you may just have a room that doesn't have the couch yet. Uh, try Ashley Home Store again. Just click on the link on your podcast provider on the website. However, you're looking at this, they will give you a coupon right away, and you can shop for your furniture online. You don't even have to go to the store. You can buy it, and they can deliver it to you, <clears throat> make arrangements, save money uh, if you use our link. So uh, check it out uh, and help support us. You know, support yourself. Get a good deal on a piece of furniture. Um, Brent, I want to take a, a long time on this because I don't know these police chief finalists, but um, yesterday they announced uh, four finalists for the Columbus police chief position. Um, I got to tell you, I was impressed. I like the fact that I, I don't think there had to be a mandate to either pick a, a woman or a person of color, but I think you needed someone that was very understanding and open to different cultures because you did not have that in the past in the Columbus uh, Police Department. So I like the fact that you know there's three people of color, two of the applicants are women. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a good thing and. I hate to say, I hate to mandate saying that it's got to be somebody of color, but I like the fact that they're looking at a diverse pool of candidates. Yeah, I think, um, I'm sorry, you kind of broke up in that last bit. What was the question again, exactly again, Chris? Well, well I, I think you almost have to look at a diverse set of candidates. I mean, with everything happening with Columbus Police over the past year or two, uh, with some of the history the Columbus Police has had over the years, you, you've got to look diverse. Where not to say that hiring a white guy would be the worst thing in the world, but you need to be diverse. And well, I appreciate the choices that Columbus has made. So. I, I, I'm almost, you know, it was interesting. When I was reading the the final four candidates, and that was this was the thought I had. But then I make sure I heard the full of your question. But, um, 
tech difficulties. What can I say? But um, I would say that um, that you know they're all got a background in law enforcement. One of them is technically kind of retired from that from law enforcement, but is involved in a law enforcement project. But that one kind of that that person interests me a little bit. But I even say you know does a does a police chief technically a police chief have to be you know someone who's actually been in been been an officer you know more you know so i maybe that's a little bizarre a little strange and maybe some people say eh. but you know if the you know if we you know but if you're looking to make a cultural change i wonder if it would make sense to even expand it to like someone who's um you know who's um not necessarily he's never been a police officer maybe and i'm not necessarily on board with that idea i think it would have its drawbacks but i also think it might bring in um uh, certainly freshness to it so that even though that's not reflected in these final four candidates um you know that's that's just kind of a, a thinking for me i do it's like i remember when um up in the youngstown area the schools the school districts kind of got taken over by the state of ohio uh, maybe i say kind of they did but because based on they were just performing so badly but what they put in in place instead of like this sort of a, per, a, per, a role that kind of i think kind of a, had the power to override school board was sort of like this what they called a chief executive officer of the school district um something a little bit um probably had more unilateral power than a superintendent but this person not necessarily was a an educator i think um I, from last I checked, but, um, or maybe not have, he might've worked in the educational field, but not necessarily been an educator to some degree, maybe more of a business mindset. So I don't know if that model was actually ever effective. I think this, you know, but I do think it does bring in a, certainly a different kind of perspective. And I think that's what people are trying to accomplish, you know, is we want to bring in change, but, you know, um, I, I, it's, but you know, how are you going to go about that? Well, I think Columbus police are at least saying the right things. I, I think back to the press camp conference after the, oh, the sad death of Makia Bryant, a 16 year old that, um, appeared that she was trying to stab somebody. And I, I think the police are saying the right thing about changing the culture. Um, again, I think policing needs changed. And, and I think, I don't know how other people describe defund the police. I look at defund the police as just using resources differently. We still have to have a police department. You still have to have arresting officers. But you know, we've talked about how you can make have a police department and make appropriate changes that are needed. And I would imagine, Brandon, uh, especially with Andrew Gither being part of the selection process, I, I think that whoever's being considered. Um, just think they announced nine the other day. It's now down to four. I would imagine that people who are talking that way are the ones they're considering. Because, you know, even after nine, you had lots and lots of police experience. But I think what helped narrow it down to four is saying, are you willing to consider these other ideas? And I'm not sure if Columbus is going to go along with it, but I think at least Skinter is pushing for that uh, because he knows the current system's not working. So. That's my hope. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but that's at least my hope. Uh, Brandon, let me give you a quick other piece of advice because I know there's something you want to mention at the end that happened late last night. I almost called you about it. Uh, kind of crazy news. Um, but a final piece of advice, um, just a reminder about our schedule, what we do. Um, Monday through Thursday, uh, we tend to talk about high news. We try to look at fun stories when we can. Um, obviously, during this time of COVID, there's lots more serious stuff happening. Um, but check our weekend shows on Friday. Uh, Craig talks pop culture. Um, Brandon, he had George Thomas from the Akrabika drawn last week, and they're talking about making a continued thing. So uh, a good hour and a half um, of Craig giving reviews, talking to George Thomas, Bob Carver. Uh, you can catch up on all pop culture stuff that way too. Um, Saturday, um, Paul and Joe, I, I do a sewage podcast early in the week. Uh, we kind of also tape uh, about half hour of us goofing off, talking about pop culture topics. Just kind of those fun news and those fun, crazy stories you read and you pass along in the office. Um, we talk about that, and Paul gives us movie reviews. 
Oh, I'm sorry, book reviews. And then on Sunday, uh, Paul's a pastor. We share some of the content he shares with his church. So uh, check those shows out. Uh, Brandon, I thought this was interesting. There is a move in the state house now um, talking about how should Ohio clean up old factories that are in disrepair. Um, I like the idea. I'm almost wondering, um, you know, I've got a neighbor. The house is kind of boarded up. They've abandoned the house. Um, the city comes, mows their lawn, and charges the the homeowner um, because it's still sitting there abandoned. I kind of like the idea for the state. Could they clean up some of these factories? And a lot of these factories are owned by somewhere. Maybe charge the um, whoever holds the business um, and charge them money for cleaning up the factories. And, you know, let's more aggressively look for finding ways of using the factories. Um, I got to give Galleon credit, a place that, Brandon, you and I still work at. There's an old factory that moved out, and uh, the city kind of worked hard to find a new owner of the factory. Uh, but I like the idea of the state kind of coming in to help clean it up, but I'd like to see how they can charge uh, whoever owns that factory, just so there's not a lot of state money being used that never comes back. You know, it's interesting because, heck, even some residential properties um, throughout Columbus um, owned by landlords that don't put much money and investment into them. You know, they're just kind of slumlords, you know, your typical slumlord. Um, you know, there's not really a system in place to hold them accountable. I mean, like, you know, it'd just be nice if we had a system that would penalize uh, um that would penalize um oh that uh, a proper a landlord or a property owner who's you know they're this is a property they're not living in it's just a property they own as an asset um maybe for rental purposes or to sell later on the market but if they're not keep doing enough to for upkeep and it's just becoming a, a blight um you know an eyesore in the neighborhood and it doesn't it it actually lowers the quality of the neighborhood then you know, there should be some sort of repercussions for that. So I, you know, contaminated warehouses, you know, great. Uh, I love to see that expanded to other kinds of, uh, of properties that um, still have an impact on the community. Well, and I'm hoping, you know, um, you know, state get involved. And, you know, I'm looking at some of these places. Like we had a story a couple of weeks ago about how Kroger wants to get more involved in um, home delivery. So they're opening more distribution centers. Uh, you look at Amazon. Amazon's always looking at opening distribution centers. And I kind of think, you know, I get frustrated sometimes, like when new restaurants come into areas, they have to rebuild. They don't use existing space. What a, you, you think about positive PR, what positive PR could be for like a place like Amazon. And I, I think we're going to see more online shopping options. So I think there's going to be more need for places like that. Hey, come in and utilize these spaces, you know, maybe work out a tax abatement deal with the state or something to say, Hey, if we're going to use these existing buildings that are falling in disrepair, you know, maybe the state can help us with the cleanup costs. And maybe we can get a tax abatement. And now we're kind of utilizing these places that aren't being used anymore. There you go. If I ever run for a state rep, that's my first um, platform. How about that? Yeah, that sounds like a good platform to start off anything, Chris. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think if we could get some of these places being used, I, I think we're going to be in better shape overall. And I, I'll be honest, um, I've rarely been up to Galleon recently, and I'm sure you haven't either, but I, I'll be interested in what's happening with that um, location up there in Galleon. Um, from what I hear, the new companies in there, hopefully it's still working out well for them. And, you know, not just for Galleon, but, you know, cities all across Ohio. I mean, I think, you know, there's – potential and there's room for all that I mean, it, sh it should be good to see what's happening there all right well brandon <laughs> i'm afraid because you know we, we got a limited time on the podcast uh, let's talk about this more tomorrow but you know i want to ask you for a shout out but the crew made some news last night so give me the 30 second version of what happened there i'll give you a minute because it's only 6 57 on my clock but um right. <laughs> yesterday the columbus oh uh, well Columbus SC front office met with um, the Nordeca um, supporters group. Um, and um, 
you know, to talk about the Ray brand. Um, and right off the bat, the front office said, look, we're going back to the original name, Columbus Crew, even much more than just that. They're actually dropping the SC moniker that um, was added in the 2014 rebrand. Um, however, the logo appears to be that we they came up with is still going to be mostly intact, but with a couple modifications. Obviously, the new name will be reflected. the The original name will be reflected in the new logo. Um, and they're dropping this weird little triangle that everyone's been like obsessing over because it made no no design or maybe a little bit no mostly no no meaningful designful sense um, if that means anything. But um, they are going to add like the ninety six moniker somehow in that um, to the to the team. So um, um, you know I think it's a compromise between supporters and the front office, um, and I have no doubt that there will be another rebrand unfortunately down the road um you know unless of course you know we just get real used to the 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 new logo i think the old one was actually quite nice um but in in fairness to front office there are plenty of similar round shape logos in the major league soccer so um you know i think people i know fans are despising that c um but the C is here to stay for now. Um, so we'll have to get used to it. Um, we have our, I think, uh, we have our team name. Um, we're going to have yellow kits come yellow kit uniforms come back, uh, and, and by the next cycle or so or two. So, um, you know, it's just good to see that the front office, you know, hadn't made a mistake and, uh, is taking ownership over it. <laughs> Uh, no pun intended, but um, in engaging with the uh, with the supporters groups and uh, really sending the message, look, it was wrong for us to kind of exclude you from this process to begin with, and going we're going to we're going to try and avoid that going forward because uh, outrage crews supporter group have you know the outrage and um, the media attention was just not warranted. It's slow. It's so sapidated the the momentum as with they're opening a new stadium. Uh, this summer, yeah, and and good business advice if you're running a sports team, if you're running, you know, whatever you're running, do not announce a rebrand halfway during your season. I mean, rebrands are great for the off season. Rebrands are great when there's uh, the time just sounded very very strange. So I don't know, very very, very strange. <laughs> uh, let me let me give a quick shout out to the each podcast. You hear a ad for Hope Interrupted. Uh, that's the book that we partnered with with a show. I uh, kind of want to give a shout out to the authors, uh, Byron and Jennifer. Uh, we talked to Byron last week. Uh, the book's out. Um, you can you could pre-order it. Uh, we got links all over website to it. Uh, but they're very excited because the book actually got released. So uh, they spent a day um, signing copies of the book, which is Great, because when you partner with somebody, um, when you hear that they spend the day pre signing copies, that makes me excited because obviously that helps us out. And um, yeah, check out the book. Uh, they still have the podcast. They took a week or two off because they made some appearances. You know, Brandon, they're actually doing something for C SPAN about the book. Oh, really? C SPAN? <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they had a reading. Uh, I think it was on Cincinnati that was being filmed for C-SPAN. It's going to air on C-SPAN. Uh, they've been on some local TV programs down there, too. Uh, they had their book signing. So, yeah, check out the book. Hope Interrupted. Um, great lessons on civil discourse. I mean, man, we need this right now. Um, Brandon, I, I continue to give credit to you and Craig and even back to John Reed. I mean, we're talking about these issues that, you know, people are screaming at each other about. And I think 99.99% of the time we've had great discussions and we're not walking out angry with each other. But it's hard for people to do that um, overall. And um, Byron Jennifer's book is a great book on how to communicate cross-culturally about stuff that's happening in our country and world. So, yeah, check out Hope Interrupt the Book. That's my shout for the day. All right. Well, Brandon, I think we've covered it good. Um, as always, um, we've covered everything up until 7.02 in the morning, but I'm sure by this time tomorrow, there'll be a bunch more stuff that we can talk about. 
Oh yeah, we got plenty to talk about. Um, uh, there's no, it's never a boring day in Ohio. Gotta give a shout out. I was a little bit freaked out uh, Sunday night. Um, I'm off Sunday and Mondays. I got word about this press conference coming up on Monday, giving more details. And I wrote a piece for Gannett, Ohio, answering questions. And I emailed my boss and said, do I need to log in and update the stories? But she said, hey, it's your off day. We'll take care of it. And I appreciate the fact she took care of it yesterday. So props to her. I got to give her a shout. <laughs> I hate using the word shout. I feel so valley girlish. But, hey, I'm very thankful this morning. It saved me some time yesterday. So uh, thanks, Michelle. We'll put it like that. All right. Well, hey, we're at the hour mark. So let's close up shop. Um, Craig wasn't feeling well this morning. We're assuming he'll be back tomorrow. Um, but for Brandon, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the Ohio and keep on sharing us. Um, you know, visit our sponsors. We appreciate all your support. And everyone have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.